Welcome to Entering Storybrooke, a Once Upon a Time podcast, where we rewatch and analyze the ABC show. Before we begin, our podcast artwork was designed by Nickel Anarchy, and our theme song was created by Taylor Paisley French. Be aware, this podcast contains spoilers for the Once Upon a Time series. Welcome to Entering Storybook, a Once Upon a Time rewatch and analysis podcast. You're joined today by two ambitious, powerful women disguised as fairies who McCurse to believe they're adult podcasters and their very special guest. It's yeah. me, Darian. It's me, Fran. And I'm it's Lachlan. Oh, yeah. That would have been nuisance if you had just introduced yourself. Yeah. Sorry. It's, <laughs> no, we didn't have a plan. Or you just let it we happen. didn't know. We, yeah. We it was um, it's that kind of day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so Darren what are we looking at with Lachlan so today Lachlan is joining us for season 2 episode 15 The Queen is Dead it aired on March 3rd 2013 it was directed (laughs) by Gwyneth Horder Payton and written by Daniel T. Thompson and David H. Goldman notably on this day a 2 year old girl in the United States becomes the first child born with HIV to be cured that's a cool fact. I was wondering that is about right. a cool day. Yes, <laughs> I, I thought that already, and I was like, "That's gonna, that's a, that's a sad story." Yep. But then it, it got better. <laughs> yes, right, right. I was like, "No, we'll keep that." Uh, in the music charts, the number one song in the United States was the Harlem Shake, and the number one song in the UK was "Mirrors" by Justin Timberlake. Fuck Justin wow, Timberlake. that just brought back <laughs> so many memories from middle school. It did also bring back memories. I was obsessed with that song until I realized <laughs> Justin Timberlake's a dick. So mm-hmm. now I hate yeah. it. <laughs> So the funny thing about the Harlem Shake is I can't remember what that song sounds like at all. I just mm-hmm. remember all the videos everyone made from it. Like my yeah. middle school all went to the gym, but I don't was remember the, what it sounded like at all. Was the Harlem Shake the one where like everyone's really still and yes. then yes. suddenly does? Okay. Yes. And suddenly okay. it flashes and everyone's in a different spot and they're just moving. And just dancing. Uh, yes. Okay. I don't think I, I ever actually did that. I didn't. Yeah. I was... Uh, hashtag too cool to do stuff like that back then uh, okay that's a good excuse i, I just roll. don't think anyone invited me to do one. <laughs> <laughs> i was forced to by my school's part of a pep rally one of the single oh. worst things about public school <laughs> yeah that's that's those are dreadful awful truly the time I out of classroom is not worth it yeah it's not a good not trade sound, no does not sound like a good time no. Um, we just had school assemblies and like <laughs> you just sit at the start of the day sit there for about 10 minutes get told what's happening that week and then mm-hmm. you're done yeah you know who else isn't having a good time young snow white Ooh. yes <laughs> lachlan would you like to take 60 seconds and tell us what happened in this episode oh i was so scared because you're, you're the guest and, that. and that's oh that's just what we do to our guests here yeah See, see last time, a, a year ago when I was on this podcast, it was a spinning wheel of death that chose who was going to be on it. And I was told, oh, no, Lachlan's only one in three chance. It's definitely not going to be you. And then it was me. And I felt really hurt by that, especially because you were my uh. new friends at that point. Yeah, that's me so mean. Uh, now we just cut to the chase and be like, guess does it. It's funny <laughs> My for us. one concern is that I will confuse the two episodes into one if I watch both back to back. You're all good. You're all so. good. It'll it'll be okay. This is this okay. is the uh this is the f- Snow White flashback. Yes. 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 Okay. Cool. Ready? Go. So Snow White is kind of bitchy at some points, but I guess she's a teenager, so whatever we can let that happen. Um, 
her mom, just in time for Snow White's birthday celebration, starts coughing blood into a handkerchief, and we all know what that means. And then, yeah, you know, she ends up dying on Snow White's birthday. Do I remember what happened in Storybrooke? Oh, yeah, Mary Margaret. She's super depressed because it's her birthday, and also the day her mom died. But Johanna, the servant, I don't know exactly what her job was, from the fairy tale land, is now here in Storybrooke as well. And give Snow White the crown tiara thing that her mother gave her. You may okay, cut this out. Is this the one where Johanna gets killed at the end? Yes. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. I'm leaving it in. It. We don't cut anything for 60 seconds. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Let's lock it at 60 seconds then. Okay. Yep. Um Cora and Regina are being their badass lady villain selves. And that all culminates into them trying to get snow speed. seconds is not long enough. <laughs> it's not. Especially when there's two parallel plot lines. Because yeah. there's the blue fairy that was actually Korra that was trying to trick Snow White to becoming evil. But she said, no, I'm not. I'm going to do what my mother wants. So I'm just going to let her die. But I'm also going to feel bad about it that I wasn't evil enough to save her. And then, then yeah. we go back to the real world, world and as Snow White realizes that. She has to save Johanna from getting her heart crushed. So she does, which means she gives up the dagger. And then still Cora throws poor Johanna out the window anyway. And that's that's pretty fucked up. But I also feel like she could have seen that coming. Yeah. 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 I think that's I think that's the main stuff. Yeah. First rule of hostage yeah. ne- negotiation. You oh no, there's the still the whole there's the whole third plot of Emma, yeah. Henry, and Gold being in New York with neil who yeah. i'm actually watching right now on true blood with his creole oh, accent which is hilarious trippy. <laughs> right <laughs> but there's that there's that third plot also mm-hmm. going on yeah and henry being sassy about pizza i love that honestly the highlight honestly, of the episode that henry incredible. good for him also good for gold him. is semi-dying because hook showed up out of nowhere and stabbed him with poison poisoned hook there's I so much it. happening <laughs> Fantastic yeah, stuff. A lot, a lot of things happened. There's no yeah. way to sum that up in one minute. There, no, there you're isn't. absolutely right. It's a trap. <laughs> there we go. It's all a trap. Mm-hmm. Um, but but honestly, there. yeah, this episode and next episode as well, considering they're still the 40 minute episodes of everything previous, it feels like more is happening in these episodes, which is why yeah. I like these two so much more than oh, the majority yeah, yeah, of stuff we've yeah. seen before. Because it's just like it, it feels like so much is happening. I'm like pumped the, all the way through yeah. it's weird because some of the scenes felt really really slow but then you take a look at the whole thing and so much happened yes. yeah i think I it's kind of good yes i was gonna say i think yeah. i like it when it lets itself be slower to have those moments of like mm-hmm. it's not it doesn't have to be and this and this and this and this and this it can be like this happened and here's the feelings and there's the the characters really sitting in it and you and the audience really sitting in it yeah this episode and the next one and I'll say the last one too, Manhattan. Even if there are some things in it that made me scream because they were not well written. Yeah, find, these are like a trek of like really solid story dr- or driving our actual plot forward, which I think is what we're seeing. Like, was the biggest hindrance of Once Upon a Time in the era where it was a uh, 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 the the, the prime time. TV sitcom slot and needed to have 22 episodes, 45 minute episodes a season. And just, but it only really had like 12, epi- it had enough core plot for 12 episodes. Yeah. 
they really kind of hit their stride. Season two really hit its stride. It definitely has some of the weaker episodes, but season two as a whole, I think, has the strongest episodes of the entire show. Mm-hmm. Mm. And like these are just like we've had good like like you said from Manhattan, we, we've got consecutively good episodes, and it continues and, after this as well. Like yeah, and rising uh, stakes that are and, that yeah. logically are building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just all solid, solid hits. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's it's good. I like when these things happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you like when people do their jobs like, well. Oh, yes. yes, that is true. Yes. Yes. But speaking of like, what did we think of this episode in general? Just like all the stuff that culminated within it. I'm seeing your notes, Darian, and you've got so much and I'm very oh, excited. Yeah, I, I traditionally will have one doc that's just for me where I write my thoughts as I'm watching the episode and then I will coalesce that into the shared doc. And I just didn't do that these <laughs> last night when I was watching this episode. I just let them all be here. So I'm not going to cover everything here unless it's relevant to conversation. But like overall, like I yeah, I I genuinely really liked this episode. It was very like strong. I I liked the opening where we I like the beginning where we see like young Snow White and there's like kind of a fake out when she's going up to this woman with like dark hair pulled up high and she's wearing this like beautiful red gown. And for a second, they want you to think it's Regina until she turns around and you realize this is a different woman and we realize we're reading we're meeting snow's mother for the first time and seeing that this is before she died this is before regina this is before cora kills daniel this is before everything went so wrong mm. and i love that and i love we see snow is kind of like a bratty little kid because she's a princess and she's like being raised and she gets everything she wants and she's hearing like all everyone treats royals better. So she's like mean to the maidservant Johanna when she sees her like trying on her tiara and Eva the queen like puts her daughter in her place and she's like, no, we don't treat people that way. And it is very much like these are the good royals. They are, they, they're just leaders. They're not like corrupt or anything. And it's a very like Disney framing of the monarchy yeah but simultaneously i like queen eva's like speech to snow about like when you wear this it is a symbol that you will be a good and just leader of your people this is not to for you to be like a pretty pretty princess like this is a responsibility and you need to understand that and i like that it shows that snow white wasn't always this like oh perfect little angel from the start like she was a bratty kid who had to learn some lessons i like that Mm, and then as lachlan said immediately starts coughing up blood though they don't have the guts to show us the blood in the uh like you see a couple red spots there are a couple red spots yeah yeah but but not real not enough to lean into it (laughs) no No. but yeah it's like oh wow the i forgot she dies on snow's birthday that's so sad (laughs) that's so sad so i also forgot that just because the the episode made it seem like these events were happening over an extended period of time of like oh she was coughing blood that day and then the next day she was still really sick so they called in the like no no that was the morning they've called the doctors by the afternoon (laughs) she's dead by the evening yeah and then like like, the next day was supposed to be the birthday like party and instead it's the queen's funeral i want to point out one of my favorite things of that whole sequence is the red dress like you were saying darian She's in that. They take her to the bed. She's still in that dress. They change her out into a nightgown at some point. And then when she's dead for the like little, mm-hmm. 
funeral situation, she's back in that red dress. They put her back. Listen, did it not look great? Is this not probably her best dress? Definitely the best dress. Carry me in my red dress. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> I, I did kind of like it was. It was very icon status mm-hmm. level of. Yeah. I shall be buried in this dress. Yes, I love when she was like in bed in the red dress, and the yeah, camera was panning up, and she is still wearing her shoes. Like she's got these big <laughs> red heels that she is still what, wearing in, the, in bed. Oh, in bed. That's yeah. Such, that so oh, I was seeing that. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> just i remember watching this episode with my, with my best friend like back when it was airing and the first thing she said was like that's such a white person thing to do wearing mm-hmm. shoes in bed i was like <laughs> you know i know like you see all the time in tv shows and movies people with shoes in bed and i'm just like what psychopath mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah not in bed yeah no, no. i just, just madness but they are pretty shoes so mm-hmm. i'll let her off she would not allow anyone to see her not perfectly made up. Because even when she's in that white outfit, when she dies, earrings. Yes. She is yes. still, she's got yep. different jewelry. It's not the same jewelry she was wearing earlier. Like, she is the kind of queen that's like, I will always present an air of strength and grace. No matter what happens, even as I am actively dying and my daughter is crying over my body, I will be put together. Yeah. I will be pretty, damn it. I will be pretty. I will be strong. You will remember me as I am beauty. I am grace. I will put you in the... F- I don't know. Is that the words? I'll put you no. in the face. No? No. Well, she will punch you in the face. But Oh, okay. Yeah. I also think if she's Miss United States. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. It's she's Miss United that. States. That's just not the actual. Yeah. Oh. Um, but other... <laughs> what I think about interesting about that was they say when she coughs the blood to get the king right mm-hmm. away, but mm-hmm. you never see him with Snow White. You never see him comforting her. He's you never not... see him grieving her. There's the one bit where they're traveling around to find a new wife and Johanna's no, like, No, that's, yeah. that's the next episode. Oh, shit. Never mind. Never mind. No, but, no yeah. you're right. You're right. The king is not in this episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's never there showing grief he's never there to comfort like they really make her seem alone especially mm-hmm. when like the whole funeral done it's still her just like crying on the floor like, by alone herself. yeah has been kneeling forever yeah. no yeah. it is so and i i would have to assume it's a money thing they just didn't want to pay the actor to show up and have no lines but or, or whatever maybe he wasn't available for this mm. i i don't know right I, erica could probably tell us i don't know but yeah, every appearance you got to pay someone and speaking lines yeah. you got to pay if someone talks right. they're paid more so they probably yeah, didn't want yeah. to pay someone to appear but and it is a very interesting choice if it is a money thing that you couldn't have lo- lost the money somewhere else like yeah yeah well they reused yeah. a lot of sets in this episode so they were already like yeah cutting corners with yeah like, no expenditure. It... so because of that choice to like never actually have the king appear it creates this like narrative inside the show where you're right Lachlan it's like Snow had to deal with the death of her mother emotionally alone like it's like she's we can assume like maybe this is just the way Snow White is remembering what happened and maybe the king was there but he is so probably not but let's say for the for the, the sake of interpretation the king was there by his wife but he was so absorbed in the grief of losing his wife that he was not there emotionally for his daughter and so snow dealt with it all alone even though we are to believe that the king desperately loved his wife and i do believe he loved queen eva he would have right 
my thing, I was thinking about it later, is like, well, Little Snow tried to go off on her own quest to save the queen. Maybe that's what the king was doing. Maybe he also was like, I'm going to, there must be some way to save my life. My, I will go off on a magical quest and find the cure. And while she's go- while he's gone, she died. Yeah. yeah. I also, I could also, <laughs> I'm just not going to give the king any credit. Um, Never give a man any credit. Fair, yes, yes. Yeah. What I think also is kind of interesting about this, like whether again it's like a cost-cutting measure or not, is the fact that showing Snow alone then adds in this level of interpretation of like why she, because she chooses Regina. Yes. So so she sees someone who's caring, who's kind, who also kind of because of the start of like looks looks like her mom, mom. Mm -hmm. and then. It's kind of like talks about the same things of like having this compassionate side that her mum had and all this sort of stuff. And we see she's alone. She's got no one for her. She's got no one to spend time with. So all of this kind of leads even more so to why she so desperately is like, Regina, give me Regina. Because she's still yeah. got, you know, the pampered princess thing of like, she tells her dad, I want that one. And yeah, like, so awful. I know. Okay, I would well, say Snow White probably went back to her father and said, "I met the best woman today. Her name was Regina, and she was so wonderful and kind, and she saved me, and she reminded me of my mother, and she was so perfect." And then Cora swoops in and is like, "Oh, Your Majesty! Well, it sounds like your daughter really is fond of my daughter. I bet she, although oh, Queen died, oh, it's so hard for her to be without her mother." Yeah, and okay, Cora like, definitely was involved somehow. Just, I was not meaning intentionally yeah. she said I want the one. But did like, put it, but like, kinda. did probably make it very... Because also yeah. we have to talk about this episode, we discover that Cora killed the queen. Yes. Poisons her. We discover that. And then she tried to manipulate Snow White into using this, like, evil kind of, like, candle magic to kill someone else to save her mother. Just to try to corrupt... Queen Eva's daughter for reasons we don't yet know but let's we'll dig into that a little later (laughs) yeah we'll dig into that a little later but yeah how how that also adds another like layer of like Snow White is not just dealing with the grief of losing her mother when she meets Regina but the guilt of feeling like she failed to save her even when her mother tells her I'm proud of you I'm glad you didn't do some sort of like evil trade-off sacrifice like yeah i'm really proud that you didn't do that my dear i i love you 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 did the right thing Mm. so even if her mom's saying you did the right thing she still would feel bad that it wasn't enough yeah it was Mm -hmm. interesting how snow approached it of i did something awful is how she starts it so you think like oh she did it but then no, what's awful to her is that she didn't, is that she couldn't make herself do it. She sees She's that like, as the bad thing, not cool. I, I didn't kill somebody. Good on me. Like to her, mm-hmm. that's a bad thing. It's like she's 10, just- like the way she's looking at it, she's like, I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't brave enough to do this scary mm-hmm. thing to save you. Because yeah. when you're a yeah. kid, good and bad can seem very clear. But sometimes they seem messy when suddenly it's your own life and your own family. Yeah. Which I find mm-hmm. really ironic considering that Snow continues that. Mm-hmm. Of like, she has, even as a grown woman, this childlike idea of everything is black and white. There is no grey. Everything yeah. is good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. this is just like, this whole episode, like, 
We've got Young Sun. Mm-hmm. Oh, the whole this whole episode is kind of like the truth of it all. Of kind of like and continues on into the next episode as well. Just like no, no, no. It's the it's the situation that leads to yeah. these decisions. It's not whether or not you're a good person or a bad person. Um, because we can like even like in the confrontation that happens near the end as well. Like Regina is doing these bad things, mm-hmm. but at the same time, doesn't seem fully on board with some things that are happening. Some of the like, looks that she's giving her mum throughout, but again, abused child, kind of like not yeah. really mentioning anything about just kind mm-hmm. of like going with it because this is the only person in her life who's still in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Snow White still with this like bullshit Ooh. idea uh-huh. of. Oh my god! It's like you can do better. Don't choose evil. Yeah. I'm like, bitch! You are the reason. <laughs> you are yeah. the reason right no. now for this specifically. No, yep. for this this one specifically. Right? Nothing. Yeah. Anything. Nothing else. Like Regina has made her own choices. Regina yes. chose to hang on to anger and to grief and to rage and to vengeance. Like all the things that Regina has done in the past and through season one. Like that was Regina making these choices no one forced mm. her into that corner right her mother and rubble stilts can manipulate her hardcore but yeah. in those moments where they didn't have the power over her she still chose to do those things but where we find us in season two where core is the only one she can turn to it is snow white's fault because when hopper got dead or when they thought <laughs> hopper was killed and they all blamed regina for it and even when they found out he was still alive correct me if i'm wrong not a single person has gone to Regina and told her, hey, we we messed up. We're really sorry. We should have believed you. <laughs> Not a single. Not no. a single person. No one. No one went nope. looking for her. No one went to tell her. Firstly, she didn't know the Hopper was still alive until her mother came. Yeah. So they she all knew. Thought, yeah, they all knew he was still alive. They all knew she didn't do it. And they all knew that they were wrong. And all she knew was... She still had to be in hiding because they were all seeking her out to kill her for killing someone else mm-hmm. that she didn't do. So yeah, so no, they they made this bed. They and they won't mm-hmm. ever admit it. They still no. don't admit it. <laughs> when there's in that diner scene, pissed me off so much. Oh. Like Snow just sitting there being like, "I know you're looking for the dagger, and I know you're working with Cora, and you can choose good, and you don't have to do this." And Regina rightfully is like. Shut the fuck up. Why would I ever listen to you? Why would you ever help me? You wouldn't. You have shown me you won't stand by my side. You have shown me you won't help me with my son. You have shown me that you don't believe I will ever change. I did. What should you have? Regina have it lying about, like, yeah, I tried and what did it get me? Standing at dinner with a bunch of hypocrites who will never really forgive me. Yeah, that's exactly what it got her. She's right in this moment not to trust Snow White, to believe in her mother in this point. Yes, no, you did this. Even yeah. when Emma was like, oh, I think I still believe her. You were pushing her to be like, no, 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 she's evil and she'll never change. Yeah. I think this also really highlights how um, Snow White's version of what's good is in a way whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. Like She is willing oh, yeah. to say over and over that she is good, that David is good when they're also going around doing a lot of shitty things. Like all the way back in season one when they're going around and cheating on david's wife and like they still try to convince themselves it was good and everything was chill because it's what served them 
Like, mm-hmm. even at the beginning of that conversation, when Regina comes in all worried about Henry, so clearly mm-hmm. Mary Margaret said something to her to make her worry about Henry, like, used Henry mm-hmm. against Regina to get her to show up to that conversation. Yeah. Like, that's really shitty. Don't bring Henry into this and, and don't use him in that way against And not even, mother. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then not even have like any information she could give him. Yeah. She, Mary Margaret could give Regina about Henry. Like, I don't know. Maybe she would, maybe if he wanted to have an actual conversation and maybe talk with her on a real level and not just try to like morally guilt her into doing the quote right thing, yep. mention, oh, I thought you'd want to know that in New York, they ran to Henry's birth father. Turns out he's Rumpelstiltskin's long lost son. Yeah. yeah, like that could have gotten mm-hmm. Snow White so much in the way working with Regina by willingly have given her that information. But again, we don't know how much Emma shared back. So if, but we Mary know Margie she knows. Yeah. yeah, the previous episode, mm. there's a whole conversation where okay, they were, cool. she, yeah, she was on the phone and she's telling David, and David's like, "So Rumpelstiltskin is Henry's grandfather, but I'm Henry's grandfather." Well, you could have more than one, right? Right. Okay. Here's the thing okay. with David. Sometimes. Sometimes I think they're trying to write a himbo yeah. before this was like a concept we had like solidified. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like that comment of like, but I'm his grandfather. That's delightful. Him just being like, I'm going to fight Regina with a sword every time. That's delightful. Him wanting to make his wife pancakes on her breakfast, uh, make his <laughs> wife pancakes on her birthday is delightful. But then he turns around and is like, well, I think you should be celebrated and clearly someone else believes it too. And it's like, dude, her mom died today. Like celebrate her every other day and just respect her need to grieve today. What the fuck is your problem? Yeah. yeah. Like, like you could pick a different day to be like her birthday and celebrate mm-hmm. that and like let her then have this day to mourn. Yeah. Yes. I'm also kind of half wondering, does he even know? Cause like yeah. she didn't even know until, oh, so he knew that it was the day her mom died. Yes, I think they've okay. told each other everything. Like they yes. feel like the kind of couple that would one night in bed just told them their whole life story. Yeah. The only reason why I didn't know if that was true is because she also didn't know that his real name wasn't actually James. Yeah, that is kind of wild that he never mentioned. Like, he's the- not actually James, he's actually David, who was a farmer who then took his dead brother's place. Like she didn't know right. this story. Oh, that says more about-, about all of yeah, that says more about David than it says about Snow. I think Snow yeah. is open and honest, and David just is like, "You don't need to know that. That's not that's not relevant to my life." Yeah, but her I know the mom's the... ring. No, and then when she was, but I don't think like, she said. I don't think he ever said because he was still being called James at the time. Yeah, but she no, but she had to know because they met his mother, and she would have been like, "Hey, why is your mom um not a queen?" Oh, that's true. Yeah, so because she also she yeah, always just yeah. calls him charming, so maybe she does know. She just yeah. calls him charming, and it's surprising to everyone else. Yeah, that's also true. I think it's because also they kind of like retconned it a little bit. <laughs> they retconned it a little bit, and it was kind of weird. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Um, where was I going with all that? But yeah, no, David, um, they try to go himbo, but he ends up just consistently being a bit more of a prick. I don't yeah. think men can write himbos. Do you know no. what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Straight mm-hmm. men cannot write a himbo character. So I what can straight men write? Because they can't um, write women well, can't write mm-hmm. himbos, can't write the gays. <laughs> um, they can Just... write the hangover. <laughs> I do love the hangover. I do love the worst hangover. That is like the you know, epitome of mm-hmm. straight man movie. Mm-hmm. 
Or like those really bad parody movies. Yeah. Like not the good parody movies. The, no. The like specifically bad ones. Yeah. Anyway. At least they got uh, that. But yeah, yeah, at least that's, that's, the vibes. that's going for them. Yeah. <laughs> and those big paychecks, they got that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, according to yeah. Hollywood, they can write anything they want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not on the strike. Oh. Mm, <laughs> on the strike. Don't, don't be a scab. Yes. Um, but oh, yeah. There's, there's yeah. something else that was really killing me this whole episode. I think it was especially on display because Kid Snow White was in it too. Of like, Mary Margaret overacts everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it is almost painful. And Snow White's actress, the kid, does a fantastic job of copying oh, yeah. Ma- Mary Margaret's or Jennifer Goodwin's style. But good lord, mm. it just highlights how horrible it is. <laughs> yeah. Like the, yep. the facial expression, the overemphasizing every word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I always felt like, this is the whole thing. We talked about this a little bit. I think it was me and you specifically, Darian, in season mm-hmm. one, where we thought that like ABC had, spe- or like the directors had specifically asked the female, like the actresses, to go with the cutesy disney overemphasis yeah. mm-hmm. because like the red riding hood episode uh megan o'reilly was acting really weird in that episode she was very like light and fluffy and her voice was higher than mm-hmm. what it had been in previous episodes as well so i think that's kind of ended up what it's been like because i don't think jennifer goodwin usually acts like this and the things that i've seen her in She's got generally an expressive face, but I don't think it's like overly expressive in other stuff. But maybe I've just not seen her in many things. No, I, I do think that she was probably like told, you're Snow White. You're Disney Snow White. Yeah, you're a badass and sometimes you have a sword and a bow and arrow. But you are still like, oh, someday my princess will come. Yes. You're trying you to talk like, to birds. Like, opera. Yeah. 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 It's definitely that vibes. And I think it kind of lessens over time but yeah there are moments where it stands out but madison bailey what a fucking actor man love madison <laughs> bailey though what a, that kid brings it so hard in this yeah mm-hmm. oh my lord so good kid actors henry does a great job in this good for oh you henry yes. he's such a little shit in like the mm-hmm. best way <laughs> he and honestly he's earned it in this episode yeah. he's earned it that comment to emma about the pizza good for you kid <laughs> You can still be mad at her about that. Yes. The pizza's great. It's cheesy and it never lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Respect, Henry. The yeah. Let, like, I'm hey, I'm actually still mad at you. We're we're not currently speaking right now. Don't talk to me. Don't call me kid. We're not talking right now. Yeah. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so good. He does have like it's similar with David where like Henry's writing is very inconsistent he's either Mm -hmm. a little consistently a little shit or he's a funny little shit yeah and I just love it like but I prefer the funny little shit oh it's better yeah yeah Yeah. because that's that's like that's Regina's influence and I kind of like that Mm -hmm. because you know for Mm -hmm. a fact that that would be some shit Regina would say and you know like he's got like oh it's it's the nurture versus nature situation here (laughs) yeah no, it's and it's good. It. And I like oh. him and Neil interacting and Henry being so excited to talk to his dad. Like, this is huge. This is a big deal. I don't think he ever really thought he'd get to do it, especially when he believed up to this point when Emma told him, oh, yeah, your dad was a firefighter who died. 
And now he's like, yeah. oh, here's my dad. And he knows all this fairy tale stuff. So he believes me instantly, unlike anyone else I've ever interacted with. My dad just knows. And this is great. And we got pizza together. And he's going to maybe come visit us in Storybrooke. And this is awesome. Mm. Anyway, Mr. Goldstein is there trying to get Emma, like, oh, you got to tell him to come to Storybrooke. And she's like, no, nah, it's it's fine. And he's like, no, 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 because Henry's going to jump on a bus to come and see him again. You know he will. Also, look at your face. You want a second chance with that man. And I screamed. I screamed, no, why the fuck are you doing? Well, I know. Yeah. Why it's the compulsory. It's the, uh, yeah, compulsory heteronormativity in writing that yeah. the ex is back. So now, obviously our female hero must want to get back together with him now that everything's been explained away. Right. Like it would have been more than enough to just leave it at, you know, Henry's going to come back after this guy. Mm -hmm. So it's better to allow the relationship to be established and open communication and be fine Mm -hmm. with Neil coming to storybook. Like that would have been more than enough of a reason. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We don't Mm -hmm. need this to. No, but what we're we're, we're, sorry, you go ahead. We're about to introduce the fiance, so obviously, we need to have jealousy and tension like that. Also, so unnecessary, so unnecessary. All of it, I like where it leads to in terms of the fiance situation, like that, not not the romance stuff of just like Mm -hmm. her existence and the reason why she's there is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I just don't like the other stuff yeah because it's <laughs> stupid mm-hmm. yes also the fiance is uh Sonequa martin green so i was jazzed as hell to see her i was like oh, yeah. I forgot. oh my god you're in the show hell yeah <laughs> she's great i love her on star trek discovery yeah i oh. really like her i wish that she'd been in it uh, not to kind of jump ahead but like mm-hmm. it sucks that she wasn't in the show that long no they once really again killed character. off one of our few black characters yeah yep. and very quickly so yeah they're very few women of color specifically as well mm-hmm. <laughs> off screen i think also which is even more sucky we'll so, talk like, about just, that yeah yeah anyway. we'll scream on that bridge when we get to it <laughs> we will <laughs> we will very loudly um <laughs> but yeah if they wanted to do like emma not wanting neil to come just specifically because of their past not even like she wants another chance with him she could have literally at this point in time just because we talked about this in the manhattan episode um she has no right to decide whether or not neil gets to see henry because she is not henry's actual legal guardian she is technically mm-hmm. kidnapping henry at this point in time yeah like she took him <laughs> across state lines without yeah. his like legal guardian's permission yeah, of course Regina gets to turn around and hang out with her mother and do what her mother says. Y'all literally took Henry away and didn't even think to ask her if or she was her. okay or tell her. Yeah. Like, and just justified it. Like, even after you knew, you knew now that she did not kill Dr. Hopper. That Cor- And you're like, oh, Cora's in town. We gotta go. And didn't even be like, text Regina, hey, going to Manhattan to find Gold's son gonna bring henry because we think cora might be in town xo delete delete send yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah no so she's got no choice on this matter she could have brought that up specifically if she didn't want neil to come and say oh it's technically not my choice whether or not he gets to see henry because you know i'm not you know in charge of these decisions 
Yeah, that would be a slippery slope for Emma to try to play ball on. Yeah, which yeah. would have been funny mm-hmm. to ha- for God to be like, um, are you sure about that? And she's like, don't ask any more questions. <laughs> Let's stop talking. How about we stop talking right now? I don't want to talk about this anymore. Hey, do you want pizza? <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious, cheesy, it never lies. Yeah, hey, yep. we can rely on pizza. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um... Okay. Uh, oh, storylines. But I think we kind of already know all the storyline standouts because we all kind of like the the snow stuff. But in general, yeah, what yeah. is the storyline standout for you guys? Oh yeah, like young Snow's arc, just in the thing where we see her going from like this bratty little kid who's like we're royals and we're better than everyone to very quickly being hit with the realism of life and what being a ruler means and what being a good person means, and and having to like let like choose to like not kill someone else to save her own mother and at the end when she has the tiara and she's like oh she was right it is heavy and like getting like oh this is what it's going to mean and i have to walk into this funeral with my head held high and my chin stiff because these people are going to see me and think this girl is going to be our future queen which does say a lot about the nature of this monarchy where i guess it doesn't because that's what england is like right like if there's no son the daughter oh, just no. gets to be queen? No. No, it no, is they, now. They, just, they just changed it, yeah, when Charlotte yeah, was the, born. Yeah, it was basically, yeah, so it was only a recent change. Previously, it would be a relative. So the How only did... reason... Yeah. Yeah, so the only reason why Queen Elizabeth became queen is because there were no close relatives because um, yeah. Bertie's brother had abdicated. They hadn't had any children, so there were no male heirs on that side. And they don't usually go like, cousins or anything mm-hmm. like that so it was more kind of like they didn't have much choice you can't dilute the bloodline too much yeah and what was the deal with the first elizabeth um uh all dead there were like no male heirs mm-hmm. at all so it was kind of <laughs> like they had no choice so that's so if there's no male oh, heirs yeah. then yeah like it's in so any it's... part of the line but they probably have like i think didn't leopold have siblings or was he an only child that's what she said. Put a, let's put a pin in that because I've actually got more questions about how this like line next in line to be king queen thing works, and that yeah. well, it's more relevant for the next episode. So we'll oh, yeah, we'll yeah, circle yeah. back. But um, <laughs> I do want to jump in, Darian, back to what you're saying about Snow's comment. Of, oh, it is heavy. I don't think they delivered it properly to mm-hmm. get that read off of. Like for me, at least, it was said almost like a joke. Like, oh, it is heavy. Like she said, not oh wow i'm feeling how intense and serious all this is like it was for me it wasn't delivered in the right way for that interpretation yeah absolutely i think she's saying it trying to like lighten the mood with johanna yeah she says it with kind of like a smile a sad smile in her voice so it does feel more jokey but i think you're right they should have just kept it somber yeah. yeah, and that would have been a director's choice as well because the director would have said, yeah. okay, this is how this needs to be presented. Yeah. But it, it also would have made more sense with what Queen Ava's conversation was of that's what she was trying to get at with mm-hmm. Snow. And so that would have, it would have been better, but men are dumb. It would have been better. It's <laughs> yeah. Although, wait, hold on. Wasn't it a woman who wrote this episode? A woman who wrote it, but a men directed. Oh, men- directed. No, 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 hold on, hold on. Uh, it was directed by, it was actually directed by a woman. Directed by a woman, but written by men. Yeah. Okay. Are the producers male or female? Like the executive producers? Men. Ooh. Yeah. There we go. And the showrunners are also men. 
Yeah. I love how hard we're working to find a man to blame for this. <laughs> there, it's very, it's not hard. The fact hard. that it also wasn't that hard. <laughs> also was not that hard. We only had to go through like three job titles. Uh, I want to, I, I want to real quick, uh, just, we're at, I think we're, I mean, we're jumping all over the place, but not really. We're like interconnected points from like the past, like young Snow arc and what's happening both the present with Snow White and Regina and Storybrooke. Yeah. Um, but I want to real quick take us to uh, the Captain Hook of it all. Oh, yeah. So when he uh, shows up and just like beams David with a crowbar to get his hook back and then skips town. And then when That's Snow finds that. David later, he's been unconscious and he's like, ah, oh, I'm fine. Now, Lachlan, as our uh, current resident medical expert, is David fine after being knocked unconscious with a crowbar and lying on a cold cement floor for X amount of time? I mean, <laughs> what? Not that it's going to make a whole lot of difference, but what part of his head was he hit on? I can't remember. Was like, I it think was it was like the front back part. Side, front. I think it was front because he turned. Front, or, yeah, front uh, side because yeah. he saw it was Captain Hook. Yeah. So, and then he hits the ground too. So most likely what he would have ended up with and then the degree of which you can argue. Um, so probably, I'm going to bring up my fancy words now, a coup contra mm-hmm. coup injury. Ooh, fancy right? words. Right? So it's you get an impact on one side causing your brain to smack into the opposite side of your skull mm-hmm. and then the force also then throws it back across. So your brain essentially bouncing back and forth in your skull a couple times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which would have also been impacted by the second hit on the floor so no at the very least we need to do a concussion screen for this guy make sure he wasn't bleeding anywhere um basically call dr whale i am also concerned at this point about him having cte because of the sheer amount of times he has been knocked out and hit in the head and like, what, uh, real quick what does cte stand for I never remember what it stands for, I'm going to be honest with you. But essentially, it it's, okay. it's the thing that we're worried about with all the football players hmm. of mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. eventually their brain is so fucked up, it like completely destroys who they are as person. Like where you have football players who have ended up taking their own life or suddenly just their personality switches and they've done like really bad things to other people because mm-hmm. their brain has just completely altered. Like parts of it have oh. died. Chronic, traumatic, and clip. Yeah, yep. That's exactly how I would pronounce Chronic it. Chronic encephalopathy. Thank you. Yes. I was just because the moment you mentioned it, I was like, oh yeah, they're actually examining that in rugby players here in the UK because it's also being connected to um dementia because a lot of rugby players are actually being diagnosed with dementia as well due to repetitive head traumas. Yeah, it's and you can only officially diagnose it during an autopsy. Oh, but it's like we all know that's where it's going. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yes. Wow. Okay, so maybe maybe at one point David was just a himbo we all liked, and now he's (laughs) he's just had too many too many traumatic brain injuries. Yes. Oh my god, it's the same with Hook though as well. What was his, his yeah. like, ship name during the show was Captain Floor because he was knocked out so often, <laughs> and like his personality yeah. changes so much. Yeah, I so think that that's also... most people's issues in mm-hmm. the yeah. show in or shows yeah. generally speaking. One too many hits to the head. Yeah, one so too many hits to the noggin. Yeah, which also I... would explain why the majority of the male characters are assholes with the occasional mm-hmm. good moment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There you go. It's really sad. Encephalopathy. It's yeah. really sad, actually. Oh, yeah. Just 
Yeah. Thank you, Lachlan, for that. <laughs> I was like, no. Always get concussion screens, my dudes. Do not keep playing or going about your business, whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to Protect your coach. Your brain. Yeah. Yes. Get checked. Exactly. Because exactly. that would explain uh, when Hook shows up and like bursts through the door and just like panicked looks around and then goes and then just steps. And he's like TikTok crocodile and it cuts to commercial. And you're just like, hey, that wasn't as cool as you thought it was. Like nothing about your entrance was cool. What you said wasn't cool. Like this was, I'm surprised because I wasn't expecting you to show up here right now. But like, I don't know, man, this was, this was goofy. And it wasn't so much goofy. No, (laughs) it was meant to be really dramatic. What would have been so much cooler is if we hadn't seen him enter that like Rumple was turning to go back outside and then is just like basically stabbed and mm. Hook is just there. So we don't hear him come in. We don't see this appearance. It's just sudden. We're shocked. Rumple shocked. Emma's shocked. Everything yeah. is just surprise. Yes. And yeah. I don't want him to say anything. No. I want him to stay. Like this is the whole thing that I would have wanted for that moment if I was to if I was to have written the script. Hook would not have said a word. He would have watched Rumple fall down to the floor and just watched and waited. He would have been absolutely silent. Rumple would be talking. It's like, what are you doing? Like, what is this? What's happening? Blah, blah, blah. And he wouldn't say a word. He would have I think, been silent I think, the entire scene. I think I would give him this is for Mina. I'll give him oh. this. I would, I would give Ooh. him. Yeah. Like being able to speak Mina's name yeah. to him again. Yeah. yeah. That, I would give that to Hook. Away. And then yeah. he tries to walk away. And then Emma hits him with a phone book i don't know i don't remember but he's unconscious it was a bin it was a bin thank you (laughs) that makes more sense i don't know where she would have gotten a phone book (laughs) 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 that's 2013 it would have just been sitting on the doorstep from the the post yeah she would have grabbed the phone book yeah you're right because i think what makes that goofy besides the dialogue being just impossible to deliver in a cool way actually i take that back um rumpelstiltson could have said that line and it would have been real cool but because uh Carlisle can do anything and it's real fucking cool when he does it. So, but that's a gift. That's, that's a gift. Uh, But you're right. It's him. It's the actor needing to enter that small space through that weird door. That makes it just immediately starts it off with like kind of weird. Everyone's like, yeah, you're right. Just (laughs) rumples could have like opened the door to go back outside. And then just, we don't even see hook until it's like flash of silver stabbed in the chest. He falls backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the whole scene of like, I'm trying to there's like a scene of that in in a show that I've seen where like the guy just turns around and all you hear is that of the yeah. knife going in, mm. and it's like we don't see like we like we go to Emma like Emma's still in the room and she sees Rumple then stumble back like yeah just watching yeah and then we see Hook in the doorway that would have been cool yeah because yeah. it's supposed to be cool mm-hmm. it's supposed to be dramatic and it's just goofy it really is yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of switching topics now into the the whole dagger mm-hmm. storyline. Yeah. Right. So two questions with that. One, why does Gold trust the dagger with David and Mary Margaret and tells them where it is? And second, why did they think it was a good idea to go get it when they knew Cora and Regina didn't know where it was and all they did was end up leading them straight to it dumb um, move in my opinion i think oh. uh, i'll oh, answer sorry. the first question do you want to answer the second question Brent? yeah yeah, yeah. All right, the first question is snow and david are too much of a goody two-shoes to actually use the dagger 
like Rumple knows, like weighing the odds, if these two have the dagger, they will never use it. But at the same time, Darian, mm-hmm. as we saw, they are so easily manipulated into giving it up. Yes. Like they so are not the people who will hold on to it knowing it's for the greater mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So we'll I'll volley that one to to Fran. Yeah. To explain yeah. like Yeah. So my kind of thoughts for the reason why he's given it to them is because I think he thought there was the possibility that Cora and Regina could get it. And that is what then leads to him mentioning the candle to Snow. Because his Mm. whole thought process was, if they have it and keep it, that's great. They'll never use it. It's good. But if something goes wrong and it ends up in Cora's hands, I can use them to do my bidding and get rid of Cora. Yeah. So... I think it's more he had a backup plan for his backup plan. Snow I think that makes Charming, total sense. Uh, yeah. The backup plan and yeah. the candle was his backup for the backup. Yeah, that's so... I think, yeah, yeah Fran, I hadn't even considered that, that being a backup plan. I think that's so smart. Yeah, because uh, Rumple, he would know that if they... Because th- it seems like you can't take the dagger away from someone. Like, physically, Cora couldn't have just, like, killed them and took it. Like, they had to give it up once you have it. And that's never explicitly stated, but that feels right for the rules of this weird magic thing. So that's why they needed to just hand it over rather than, like, Korg being able to just throw Snow and Charming out the clock window themselves and then just collect yeah. the dagger at the bottom. It's giving Elder Wand of, like, it doesn't yeah. really make sense how it's passed along, mm-hmm. but... In, we'll move along. The, move the along. wand is kind of like, ah, you dropped it, so now I'm someone else. <laughs> yeah, basically that. They're very, very finicky. So I think with Rumpel being like, if for some reason they they get it, and then Cora and Regina get it, it's because they have done something that forced Snow White into giving it up. And at that point in time, she will be, I think, prepared to to do some shit that she wouldn't do otherwise. Like if they if Cora and Regina had just gotten the dagger on their own, I don't think Snow would have been willing to use the candle. But because Snow gave up the dagger willingly and they still killed Johanna. And all that stuff. Now she's in a, like a very vulnerable place where she is like willing to do something she wouldn't usually do. Yeah, and I can definitely see him thinking of like Rumpel is the sort of person who has he he thinks in the web of kind yeah. of like, if they get mm-hmm. it first, I'm definitely super fucked. So I need to make sure they don't get it first. So I will tell these two because there's the chance that they will not use it. All is well and good, but. There's the chance that Cora and Regina could manipulate the situation, cause problems, and that means that they could get the dagger, which means I would also be fucked. But because I know what Cora is like and that she's an evil bastard, it means that there is a potential that I can then manipulate Snow and Charming because Cora would do something heinous to get the dagger from them, so mm-hmm. it all works out in my favor. So this is the line I'm going to follow. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's real- also. Ooh. Go on, Lockwood. Um, I think it's also playing on what we were talking about earlier with Snow's version of goodness. Mm-hmm. In that the situation was let Johanna die to protect everyone from whatever the hell Korra will do as the Dark One, or at least being able to control gold, or try to save her and, you know, let all that other shit happen. Mm-hmm. And Snow White, give the situation a hundred times, is always going to pick Johanna because she can't be responsible for something bad that's directly in front of her. Like, even mm-hmm. though in the grand yeah. scheme of things, Cora having the dagger is infinitely worse and would still kill Johanna anyway, even if she hadn't been killed right at that exact moment, she can't think big picture. 
She can't yeah. think overall point. what is yeah. the best good. It's what is right in front of me and what will make me feel better and what makes her feel better is saving Johanna. Oh, 100%. It's also the personal factor as well because mm-hmm. Mary Margaret has had no problem killing people because you know she's killed Regina soldiers. Mm-hmm. You know she's killed people who've gotten in, in her way who were not on her side because she had no connection to them. But the moment mm-hmm. something is remotely personal, yes, it'll be really terrible if Cora gets the dagger and then you probably will be all in trouble. But it also is not fully personal because that's everyone's problem. Whereas Joanna yeah. is mm-hmm. specifically related to her. Snow is definitely a very selfish-based thinker. It's mm-hmm. If it's inherently inf- affecting me, that is my priority to fix. Bigger picture stuff doesn't matter because it's not directly going to affect me. At least not right away. This directly yeah. right now affects. Yeah. Like she is a protagonist thinking the short term, whereas all the villains are thinking long term. Yeah. yeah. And have these incredibly complicated plans that they have been working on forever. And through, to an extent, sheer luck, she and the other protagonists have gotten mm-hmm. this far. Yeah. <laughs> and because yeah. it's a TV show, so obviously they're going to win. Yeah. I, I would argue it is more of the she thinks good short term rather than selfish. Because I think even if it hadn't been Johanna, I think if it had been some random person. Snow White still would have given up the dagger to save that person if they were standing there and their heart was being crushed. Like, it didn't have to be Johanna. It was Johanna for our, the audience's benefits. Yeah. Like, they would have saved anybody, no matter what. And that that still brings in, like, what you're saying, Fran, like, she sees the short term, what's right in front of her, rather than the long term, which is... But that's that makes it more of like a philosophical, like a moral, ethical question. What is yeah. the right thing to do? Do you save this one person now to stop this terrible person from getting more power and potentially hurting more people? Or do you save this person now and try to fix the bigger problem later? Like, what yeah. is what do you do? It's and a so utilitarian it is, philosophy method. Yeah. So it, it, I think it is. I think in that situation, Snow does like deserve a little bit of grace. But you are absolutely right. She does. She's not able to see long term. But I think that is would be the true of like a lot of heroes. I think Emma, if Emma was standing there, she would have done it too. Henry would have done it. Like that's what the these this nature of hero does. Yeah. And yeah. if you had like a little bit more of a other certain types of heroes, you may have just turned around and like take it like stab the person's heart with the dagger to stop them from being like tortured slowly you're like you're gonna kill him anyway i'm not giving you this dagger and i'm not gonna let you torture this person to death let's roll yeah yeah i think it'd be interesting is if they wrote emma the way in which they'd originally presented her she would have possibly let the person die because she would know so many other people because i feel like yeah. she would be that sort of person of just like one dies to save the thousands sort of thing like that's the way mm-hmm. she would look about it but the show does definitely go back and forth no that. the show yeah you're right yeah. i think it would have been interesting if the heroes had because the villains are I feel like are all the same level of villain yeah. like they are mm-hmm. you don't have they're all different they're all interesting this is certainly true but if you have a character that is a villain it means if you put any of the villains in that clock tower scene they are going to behave the exact same way Korra did. And if you put any of the heroes in the clock tower scene, they will behave the same way that Snow and Charming did. Like, there aren't levels of, like, a hero that would let the person die because they believe that keeping the daggers are more important. And there's not a level of villain that would not have thrown the person out the window at the end regardless. Yeah, except 
maybe, uh, and this is me being the Regina defender, I don't think Regina would have done it. I think she would have like done the threatening with the heart and all that sort of stuff. The moment she got what she wanted, mm. I think she would have stopped because she also still wants Henry. I don't think she would risk it too much by actually killing other people. Well, I mean, her goal for the dagger is to have gold kill the rest of them to get Henry back. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I don't think she would have like hesitated to kill Johanna. Then, because I, I was surprised that Regina didn't even look surprised or startled that her mother did that i thought we would see some sort of hesitance some sort of horror but she doesn't she just says to snow look at what good gets you and then bounces like she's yeah on board 100 percent at this point and that yeah. sucks yeah i think if mary margaret hadn't had that conversation with her earlier mm. she probably would be more surprised yeah and more taken aback but it's because I... snow continued to be yeah that this yeah. moral high ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, I was... choose good, bitch. I did. <laughs> I did choose good. And you, you said no. Fuck off. I'm pissed. And did you let Emma take my son across state lines without even telling me? But even if I went to do this through legal channels, y'all would still side against me. It doesn't matter what I do. So... Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Snow White was overplayed her hand and was... Like, if she hadn't told Regina... That they knew about the dagger and Korra, then Korra and Regina wouldn't have shown up there in the clock tower at the end. Like, they, she gave up their one power, which was they knew that Korra and Regina were looking for the dagger, and Korra and Regina didn't know that they knew. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was, that was so, honestly, here's the thing. I was so surprised when Johanna wasn't a Korra trick. Like, I was convinced. <sighs> That she was like Cora trying to manipulate that. her, and I and I was shocked that. at the end when she I was like she was real the whole time. What? Yeah, like, I thought, honestly, it did give that feeling during the episode of just like how sudden and unexpected her appearance was. Mm -hmm. Like it did feel manipulative, and then she died. I was like, oh, maybe not then. <laughs> yeah, or maybe that and was the trick of just reuniting them. Yeah, like she because because the, they did say like we haven't realized she was here the whole time. Oh my gosh, how weird! Mm -hmm. And so maybe that was it. <gasps> Cora if she stirred the, the reconnection, and then That's everything else that happened after that was true. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe Cora, Cora did like, send the tiara. Maybe she did. Well, we we know it was Johanna because Johanna says she did it. She yes. thought it. Oh yeah. Shop. Oh shit. Yeah. Saw, so yeah. maybe Cora <laughs> magicked it into the shop, and then everything else played out from there because she yeah, knew get, how it yeah, was going to go. Yeah, to get Snow to be there, that's how she, because yeah. she knew Regina wouldn't want them to know, but if Snow finds out, then maybe they can use Snow to manipulate gold into telling them where the dagger is at so they could get it, because Cora knew, but that's not what happened, and that's wild yeah. that it's not what happened, because that's totally <laughs> what should have happened, actually. Yeah. Cora's out here playing 3D chess with gold while everyone else is playing chess, thank you, 4D chess with gold while everyone else is out here playing tic-tac-toe. Yeah. Gold's <laughs> playing 3D, Cora's playing 4D. Yeah, and everyone else, yeah, tic tac toe yeah. checkers. Yeah, uh, Gold's a little distracted right now because he's dealing with his son thing, so that's why he's a little bit off his game. But yeah, he's usually playing four slash five D, but he's yeah. gotten a bit conflicted, so he's back down to three D. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is one of the things I do really like about the villains is that, like we said, sure they're similar in terms of like how far they're willing to go, 
but they are very complex in how they're thinking about everything. Like they plan this stuff so far in advance. It's so detailed. They have backup plans on backup plans Mm -hmm. and they know how to manipulate people and use people in just the right way. Whereas like the good people are just like headstrong. We're going to fight them and we're going to win because good always wins. Oh, Lachlan, I was wrong. You were right. The scene with Snow talking Johanna on the horses with the father. That is this episode. It's at the very end. I'm so sorry. I don't know why, how I got that confused, but yeah, you're right. That's the one time we see the King. Well, then we will go back to that point that I was going to make of the one time we see him supposedly grieving. He is off separate. Doesn't say anything. And he's cur- he is now on board with finding a new wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not long yeah. after I think. Because I think it's only like a year or two. It's very shortly after. I yeah. think it's within the year. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, weird. I think it's a trick because it's like he's not. I don't know if like the king isn't necessarily looking for a new wife. I think he is genuinely trying to like find a mother for Snow. Yeah, but, but it then, is portrayed like- as he's lonely. Yes, there's also that. Yeah, yeah. which oh, a teenager, not for good. A wife. Because no. yeah, like, I, like no. you're talking about, like you know, the villains playing, like all having all these plans, like the fact that Cora poisoned Queen Eva, manipulated Snow with the candle to make her more vulnerable, got Regina out with her favorite horse on a day she wasn't supposed to have riding lessons on the day when the king and Snow would be riding nearby to frighten Snow White's horse so Regina would save her so Snow would like her so Cora could put the idea of Regina being the new mothers to Snow in the king's head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that Uh... is fabulous. That is horrifying. And then Regina, what I don't like, I mean, I love that plan as a villain. So good. I love the villain plans in this show are usually so good. So Mm -hmm. good. Like they are so well thought out. And it is like these are pieces we saw over the course of many episodes finally coming together to realize these were not coincidences. It was all one master plan. And it's like Cora or Regina tried to broach the topic with her mother before. In the first episode where we see about the stable boy where she talks about. Did you know that Snow would be there that day when I was writing? And Cora says, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's this one we learn. And and what annoys me is when Regina finally learns all of this and she sees that, yes, in fact, her mother did manipulate everything to get her to be queen, which is the thing she's claiming is enough. And and she's not even mad about it. Like it's still not yeah. enough to get yeah. her to to be and I guess we is it is the trauma and she has been a very vulnerable place and she's bending yeah. a lot more than she would, but yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's crazy that she's not more upset because that whole plot line is what gets Daniel killed. Exactly. If the king king was never wanting her as a wife, then Daniel would have been fine and they could have gone about their lives or run away together or Mm -hmm. whatever. This is the moment that seals his fate and seals her fate of not going to be with him and then puts her on this path of evil. She doesn't even say Daniel's name in this. I kind of, I feel like, and this is possibly just me just like bending over backwards to kind of justify maybe this part of the script. <laughs> it should have been, I think the main just because of the way, because Lana Plia is really good with her facial acting. Mm-hmm. And there is like a sort, like, I don't even know how to put it, but I think she's numb. And I think you kind yeah. of see it with the way in which she looks of like, the, the it's the lack of emotion 
which kind of makes me think of like she doesn't really know what to think anymore like she's in this whole mm-hmm. state of kind of like, no matter what she's going to hear now she's not going to react to it because well this is all she's got she's got nothing yeah. else going for her yeah remind so, me does she have her heart in her right now Cora, regina no, no regina regina oh, no, she never takes her heart okay. out yeah her heart's okay. never been taken out okay but yeah so it's the fact that she doesn't have this visible emotional reaction considering that regina's whole thing is emotional reactions i think mm-hmm. itself is kind of a reaction because mm-hmm. it's her it's showing how numb she's become to everything so i think it was it was the people not believing her but then seeing henry heartbroken believing this false story about her that was the last straw and then everything yeah. that came after i think she's just at that point where it's like She's so numb to everything that's going on that even finding out that the worst, the thing that led everything to this, the worst possible thing that she ever experienced in her life was her mother's doing. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I can I can buy yeah. into that. Yeah, and I only buy into that because of Lana's acting. Yes. Think, a, yeah, no. <laughs> yes. But Lana's <laughs> acting is what it is because she's always expressive. And it was the fact that she was not expressive in that scene to me. Yeah. That kind of made me think, oh, I think Lana's doing that purposefully. Yeah. And that I think sense. there's also the piece of Cora is willing to do horrible things to Regina to get what she wants, but she yeah. is also always going to need Regina to yeah. carry out her plans, whereas no one else needs her. Yeah, like Henry does, but he also, as we've seen, is in this weird space between his two moms, and is always kind of back and forth on where he's at. So she can always lose him potentially, but she knows Cora is always going to need her. So she's always going to feel wanted from that person, even though it's not clearly a good relationship, and she's done shitty things to her daughter. She still knows she has a place there. She knows that she's wanted to a degree Mm -hmm. and needed definitely um whereas like I, I guess even with her dad she didn't even have that like her dad may have been her favorite person in the world but he never needed her he like mm-hmm. he didn't need her for anything he just kind of existed around her yeah, yeah. and Cora does want regina to be successful and that she didn't get to be queen so now she's living vicariously through regina so even mm-hmm. if she does have regina's personal best interests at heart she's still trying to advance regina in society yeah yeah and i think i think regina is starting to realize that that's not enough for cora that the idea of like her being queen because she does be like but okay mom if you did all this so i could be queen i i am queen like you did it you won it worked why are you still doing this because i think that is cora or regina starting to push a little bit more and be like i think that maybe my mom doesn't actually care about me and henry that maybe she Mm -hmm. doesn't she isn't doing all this just for me and like trying Mm -hmm. to get her to admit what regina now definitely knows is like this isn't about henry because if it was we wouldn't have let them know what we were doing now they know and i'll lose henry if he finds out we can't just use gold to kill them now because he'll be aware that it was Mm us because it's not she wants power she wants the dark one power Mm-hmm. yeah she wants to be the most powerful mm-hmm. yeah but we get more of that in the next episode uh i think yes. unless there's anything else do we have any final thoughts before we uh sashay along um, into that next episode 
Um, second half of the season is the best season. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yeah. That is all. Yeah. We're hitting <laughs> yeah. it. We're really hitting it off, and it's it's good. It's real good. I'm glad. Yeah. We're still, I'm glad we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Second. We half. recorded Fran. Hi, let's go. As always, if you want to support entering Storybrooke, you can do so by heading over to at Instagram at StorybrookePod, which is also the same on Twitter. And of course, let your friends know about entering Storybrooke so we can get more people to tune in because we're going to be doing this for a long while. So be sure to stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Lachlan, real quick, where can our listeners find more of you? Yes. So you can find me sporadically on all of our lovely friends podcasts. (laughs) Yes. Recently, Fran's Best Damn Camp and also yours earlier this year. Woohoo. Yeah, you were. I'm saying yours because I'm pointing to you on my computer, even though this is an audio medium only. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. But the two other people here, I've been on both of theirs lately. So you can go check those out. Um, (laughs) Planning on bringing back my own podcast sometime this season we could say this, <laughs> before this, the end of the summer. summer season oh i was wondering if you meant the season summer, season. summer yeah yes the summer nice. season so that is um we actually vaporized our podcast at accidentally vaporized pod on instagram mm-hmm. there's some tiktok tiktok scares me i think i'm too mm-hmm. old for it yeah but we'll see emotionally i'm too old for it Okay. Wait, how that insults me further because I'm ready on. I said I switched to emotionally, Fran. Okay, emotionally, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Yes, I'm not not of the technology age. (laughs) Awesome. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. And remember, pizza is delicious, cheesy, and doesn't lie.